Hey everyone, welcome to episode nine of Whiskey Queens. This week we're talking about Pinhook Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey, Paul's recipe for the Queens Manhattan and Provincetown. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to check us out at whiskeyqueens.com, at the Whiskey Queens on Instagram, and be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, and here's the show. Ooh. Well, hello, my Whiskey Queens. Hello, how are you? Well, apparently I'm doing fabulous as always. Uh, per listener request, I know I say this every week and I'm going to continue to say it because it makes me sound less like an alcoholic. Per uh, <laughs> listener request, I continue to pregame these episodes. Uh, so I pregame this one. Excellent. Uh, and I'm roaring and ready to go. How are you, Nicholas? I'm good. I'm just off of a nice long weekend, so I'm pretty content, even though it's Tuesday and I'm back to work. Um, but yeah, I'm good. That's, that's why I'm drinking this week, is I'm celebrating a successful long weekend away that was enjoyable and not too COVID scary. How about you? Ah, delightful. Where were you? I was in Provincetown from oh. like Friday evening, which by the way, fiery hellscape of a ride from Maine through Massachusetts. Took us five and a half hours to get there. Should have taken about three and a half, but it was still worth being there for the entire weekend. And we got back um, midday yesterday uh, on Monday in the afternoon. So, but it was worth that, every single minute to be out there. That sounds lovely. I love P-Town. We can talk more about P-Town in mm -hmm. a minute. Um, why am I drinking, you're asking? Well, you didn't, but I'll tell you anyway. Uh, I am drinking this week uh, because uh, I'm toasting the end to an extra long weekend. I had yesterday off because it was... Uh, I will call it Indigenous People's Day, formerly Columbus Day, mm -hmm. um, as a holiday for my office. And then I took today off just because I needed some mental health uh, awareness in my life and sort of just a chance to have four days to decompress from work, to really not focus on anything, and to sort of, as I told you earlier, nest in my uh, condo, right? I moved in here in June, and I really haven't had the chance to sort of focus on putting shit on the wall, and now I have shit on the wall, walls. I have more than one wall, everybody. <laughs> the one uh, wall. Yeah. You moved in there in June, and it is October. It, girl. Please, wow. let, me, let me tell you a story or two, and that is time fucking flies. It's not okay. Um, yeah, I moved in here officially, I think June 22nd, I want to say is when I moved in here, and now it's, it's October 13th. Oh, today is the day, four years ago, four years ago, three years ago, several years ago, that we closed on our house up here. So today's actually an anniversary uh, day. Well, we're toasting to your house anniversary. Yay, house anniversary! my very old gay house. Uh, so this week's whiskey actually was purchased in P-Town. Uh, so I think mm. last week we weren't quite sure what we were going to be doing. And I was hopeful that I could find something in one of the liquor stores up there. And I did. I actually ended up finding a bottle I've been looking for for a while and haven't been able to find in Maine. Um, okay. So I'm drinking Pinhook, the Ride On, which is a Kentucky straight rye whiskey. Very nice. Have you had this one before? I don't think I've, maybe. I don't remember. I've had a couple pin hooks in my day. Okay. Um, that I got from, you know, it's one of the ones that sort of divines uh, 
liquor store. I don't know what they call themselves. Divines, yeah. which was a liquor store by my house, my old apartment and your old uh, condo when you lived in the district uh, where I used to go and they knew me and I'd walk in and be like, <laughs> I want to try some new girls. Um, they weren't girls, but, or, well, there was one, but, um, and they would sort of walk me through. They had a great selection of uh, bourbons and ryes and whiskeys and scotches. Oh, and they did. would sort of walk me through. And I'd be like, I just had this. I just had that. I like this. I don't like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would line up. This is usually how it happened. They would line up three bottles and walk me through each of them and sort of talk about each one. And okay. then I'd pick one. Sometimes I'd pick two. And then I'd take it home and I'd give it a try. So the pin hook sort of ended up in that... Uh, I was going to say, I was going to say that rotisserie girl, they in a rotisserie. <laughs> that rotation. Uh, chicken. Uh, yeah, that rotation. Okay. So they only had two different bottles when I went into this particular liquor store um, when we were down in P-Town. And I found the one I wanted because, again, label whore. So I've always loved the color of this mm -hmm. label. Like the Pinnock labels are cool in general. And there's something I'll get to in a few minutes about why they're actually even cooler. But I picked up two different bottles. One was the rye. One was like a special bourbon. And the special bourbon was like, so this is the ride on. It's 97 proof or 48.5% uh, ABV. The special bourbon they had was something crazy, like 112 proof. Mm. And I felt like that was a little aggressive for no. something to be tasting on no. the podcast. So I Never. went with the rye because I prefer rye anyways. Um, but I'm going to give you a little chitty chat about this because uh, I think Pinhook is a really interesting distillery. Um, I loved, by the way, that you just called it a chitty chat. A little chitty chat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Chitty Chat Time with Nicholas. Regarding Pinhook. Uh, so each year, Pinhook releases new bourbons and new ryes, and they're supposed to be like representation of the barrel and the whiskey within it that year. So they're not trying to make the same whiskeys and the same ryes over and over again. So like when you open a bottle of Jameson, it tastes like Jameson. When you open a bottle of Pinhook, it'll change year to year, batch to batch. And they're, they're okay with that. That's the entire theme behind the distillery, it seems. That, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. but that explains so much of why I've had a couple of their bottles. And I'm like, these things are different. And some I've liked yeah. and some I haven't. Yep. And so what I find really interesting about them is they'll actually change the proof or they'll actually take it out of the cask and they'll alter the proof of the whiskey based on how they think it'll best reflect and impact the flavor profile. So you'll get really high proof whiskeys and then you'll get lower proof whiskeys kind of where you traditionally find them. And they do that because of how it impacts the flavor profile and how they think it'll best articulate that particular bottle that particular year. Um, so this one I scooped up, like I said, in P-Town, it was $38.99 at the liquor store out there. And I'm assuming it's because I was in Vacationville. Um, I think I probably could get it a little cheaper around home. But their mash bill is 20% corn, 20% malted barley, and 60% rye. Um, and they're telling me that on the nose, I should be getting peach and spearmint and cinnamon. And for the taste, I should be getting cherry toffee and clove. Mm -hmm. I'm actually tasting mint or tasting maybe like peppermint to me it comes across when you're drinking it not just when you're smelling it like it has like a minty taste to it like i brushed my teeth a little bit and then oh. some whiskey not in a bad way though like i think this would be really great in cocktails i'm actually really enjoying okay it. okay um so the distillery ages for two years it's the castle and key distillery in frankfort kentucky um and what they uh so the 
blender is Sean Josephs, and he's the Pinhook Master Taster. So he actually is responsible for the rye that I'm drinking. Uh, so Ride On was born, because actually all the bottles are named after horses. Uh, Ride On was born on March 16th, 2017. The horse that the bottle is named after is owned by Bourbon Lane Stables, and it was, he was bred by Close Clark Jr. in Kentucky. How fabulous. Each bottle is named after a horse, which I thought was really fun. Uh, he is 16.3 hands high. Do you know what unit of measure that is or what that equates to? I presume it's not my, well, I guess it is my hand. Uh, it or is hand. an outdated unit of measure. It is approximately four inches, uh, which means he's about 5'4". My hand's a little larger than four inches. Mine too, I believe. Yeah. Well, you know what they say about big hands. Mm, anyway, yeah. mm. well, I don't know if they do, but they should. Anyway, now we, continue. Now we do. Uh, so he's about five four, and, and he was purchased for seventy grand. <gasps> oh, Ride wow. on was purchased for seventy grand. Uh, so he was an expensive little horse. I actually have no context for if that's expensive or not, but he's an expensive horse in my opinion. Uh, but I think it's really fun that every time that they release a new batch, they name it after a horse that was that was purchased. So here's it, a question. It represents. I presume that the horse featured on the label is the it, same horse every time. Correct. So that is right on on my label. Well, no, but that's the, so it's a different horse for each label? Yes, that's my understanding is that the horse that the bottle is named after is pictured on the label. That's my understanding of the labels. And the labels are actually really cool because there's an app that Penhook created that works with AR. So if you scan the QR code on the back of the bottle, it'll bring you to the app that you can download. And then when you use the app on the actual front label, it helps you break down. Yeah, it helps you break down the different meanings on the label. So, so it'll go through the name, it'll go through what horse size and hands mean, it'll go through the color, it'll go through all of those different things and help you better understand the taste profile and what everything means on their labels. It's a really cool use of um, augmented awesome. reality. That's fucking awesome. But a question, where in Kentucky, do you know this, where Pinhook is? Like um, I'm trying to, like one, you and I, and this podcast with our listeners and their gloriousness need to sort of take when, when you know, we can uh, travel more routinely uh, in the future, need to sort of do the bourbon trail. I would love uh, to spend some time uh, exploring sort of the Kentucky whiskey and bourbon um, with you. And I just wonder where in that sort of relation, right? Cause the bourbon trail is really based at, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's based outside of Louisville. And so I'm just sort of curious where Pinhook is. So, and this is where my knowledge falters. I know that the distillery is Castle and Key and it's in Frankfort, Kentucky, where that relates to oh, the bourbon trail though. Important. I'm not entirely sure, um, but that's where the distillery is based out of. I'm gonna so, look at a map. Pull it up. Um, so pinhooking, is actually a term for purchasing a young thoroughbred, holding on to them until they mature, and then selling them when they're ready to be run. So that's where the name actually comes from. Um, but yeah, so the entire theme, the entire bottle and the entire distillery is themed around um, buying young horses, naming the batches after young horses that they think it best represents. It's kind of a really cool concept. So I may have lied a bit. It looks like it's, it's sort of all in the Louisville, Frankfurt, Lexington area. Okay. Um, 
with a number of distilleries around Louisville. So maybe that's where I sort of got the, the Louisville impression from. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I do like this. I'm not getting any of the like cherry toffee that they're talking about in their tasting notes. To me, it's the smell. And I swear to God, I didn't reverse these, but the smell or the nose notes are what I'm tasting. I'm tasting things like peach. I'm tasting things like spearmint. Um, it's only 97 proof, so not the highest thing I could have ever come across, but it has a little burn on the end. But it's not hanging around either. It's not something that you taste for seconds or minutes after you swallow. Gotcha. But it's good. I would definitely make a mint julep with this and be very happy. Okay. All right. I feel you. I see yeah. you. Yeah. So I feel like there's a number of distillers. I'm sort of zooming in. I'm taking my moment here to zoom in on the map. Um, and I have friends who live in Louisville. So I definitely need to get my ass out there because what's in Louisville um, is actually one of the distilleries, Nick, that I think one of the bottles you want to try in the future, which we should try and get together, which is Angel's Envy. I almost bought that bottle instead of this. I'm glad I didn't buy it. We should do that together because I've got, I've purchased it here before in DC and I'm sure I can find it again because uh, I've had it. It's good. Um, but Angel's Envy is one of the distilleries in Louisville uh, among some others that I'm not super familiar with. Okay. Evan, well, Evan Williams, I know. Mm -hmm. Um, but those mm -hmm. are sort of the ones there, like in between, it looks like in Shelbyville is where, uh, which is in between Louisville and Lexington is where Bullet is. Uh, oh, okay. Lexington and the, and sort of the extended suburbs of Lex or outside of Frankfurt, I guess, is where Woodford Reserve is located and Wild Turkey, Four Roses, um, is sort of in that general area. It's, I would just love to do this whole, spend a few days doing this whole jaunt. It would be a lot of fun. At some point, we'll sh we should talk about why Bullet is a little bit problematic to the LGBTQ community. Oh, yeah. Yes. Put a little asterisk on that if you guys are unfamiliar google it but they're a little they're a little problematic but i guess they make a decent bourbon and rye um so that's what i'm drinking and i'm actually pretty happy with it because it's easy to drink it's not too heavy i feel like i could probably have one or two more of these which might get me in trouble for a tuesday evening when i have to no, work in the morning trouble. i mean hell we did picklebacks last week girl this is like picklebacks it, yeah. oh and now i want a pickleback i love me a pickleback Oh, but you know what's um, really itchy right now? Shh, we're not talking about that yet. Oh, your, your crabs. Oh, hey, yo. No. Um, JK, he's married. Well, like, oh, well, yeah, well, one never knows, really, I guess, in this day and age. Anyway, Sweet I want to talk about my, uh, what I'm sort of partaking in before we get into your, your itchiness. <laughs> I swear to God, it's nothing too gross, kids. It's not, but I like a good teaser. Um, so Nick talked about a bourbon. I'm not bringing anything new to the table per se in terms of, uh, or he talked about a rye, Jesus Christ. Um, and I'm not bringing anything new into the table in terms of a new whiskey, but I made myself a craft cocktail because you know, uh, I wanted to, and that's where I am. Um, and I talked about it on our IGTV that's, that's probably not what I should call it. Our Instagram page, The Whiskey Queens. Uh, on so our, you're right, uh, but that's all I can think of is HGTV whenever you say I know. It. Every time I say that, I'm like, but I'm you're totally right. Else. It is Instagram TV. You're right. Yes. 
where I sort of talked about it in my pregame sesh, because we all know I like to pregame. Uh, in the pregame sesh, I talked about what I was making. So what am I making or what am I drinking? I am drinking my own personal spin. Someone may have come up with this before me, who the fuck knows, but I'm going to take credit here. My own personal spin on uh, Black Manhattan, essentially, right? So Nick in episode eight talked about a Black Manhattan, which a Black Manhattan um, is a spin on a traditional Manhattan. And if we remember from episode five, I believe it was, where we gave the history of a Manhattan in Old Fashioned, mm-hmm. Manhattan is a 2-1-2 recipe, right? Where it's two uh, parts uh, bourbon or rye, one part sweet vermouth, and two dashes of bitters. Mm-hmm. That's a Manhattan recipe. A black Manhattan uh, replaces the sweet vermouth with a Verna Amaro. And everyone's like, ooh, what's a Verna Amaro? Well, a Verna Amaro is an Italian herbal liqueur made from an infusion of aromatic herbs, dried flowers, spices, and licorice, right? Uh, it was created in 1868 for Salvatore Averna uh, by herbalist monks of the San Spirito Abbey uh, in a town, I believe, in Sicily. I, I don't want to say the town's name because you know I have pronunciation problems. The, this uh, Amaro, the Averna Amaro, was the first licensed spirit in Sicily and apparently to this day remains one of the best-selling Amaros in the country. So that sort of, so a Black Manhattan takes a sort of twist on it, uh, on a traditional Manhattan, and it's two parts rye or bourbon, one part Averna Amaro, and then two dashes of bitters traditionally. And traditionally, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Nicholas, but you don't do a cherry in a Black Manhattan. It's usually sort of an orange peel. That's what I usually say. Yeah. But I had a Black Manhattan a couple of weeks ago, the one that we had when you last visited me up here. Oh, delish. The restaurant and wine bar Old Vines here in town, they make a Black Manhattan and they garnish it with a cherry that has been soaked in. I'm not even sure what it's soaked in, but it tastes like it's soaked in like a walnut type of bitter concoction. It's delicious. Right. Sounds delicious. Well, it is delicious. I've had it. Also, what's delicious there is their fucking baked feta. Don't let anyone fool you. True story. Um, but what I'm drinking, I should, we should come up with a name for this beverage. I don't know if anyone's done it before, but we should come up with a Whiskey Queen's name for it. Um, the Queen's Manhattan. Oh, my God. Praise Jesus. Yes. There you go. Uh, the Queen's Manhattan, which is Paul Spin on a Black Manhattan which is two parts. So what am I drinking? Okay. I talked about it in our uh, Instagram thing that Nick's going to post, which should be posted by the time y'all listen to this mofo. But uh, what I'm drinking is two parts of 1-8 Distilling District-Made Rye Whiskey. Uh, If you want to learn more about 1-8 Distilling, I talked about it in a previous episode. I want to say seven... I could be wrong. Nick will correct me. We've mentioned Um, them a couple of times. We mentioned them in seven primarily, but they also came up again in your drink last episode in episode two. So episode seven was about 1-8 distilling. Yep. Because that was the distilling district made rye whiskey that I tried that episode. So it's two parts, uh, that rye whiskey, one part of Terrasum Apertivo, which I talked about in episode eight which is from the Don Ciccio and Feely distillery here in the District of Columbia as well. 
mm-hmm. uh, which is basically uh, an herbal liqueur. So basically I'm replacing the Averna Amaro with the Tarasum, which is an herbal liqueur made of cherries, sakuru blossoms, and botanicals. Uh, so it sort of has that same herbal bitterness to it that uh, an Averna Amaro would. And then I'm doing two dashes of the bitters I have in my house, which I think I talked about in episode five as well when I made a Manhattan, which is the Fee Brothers Aztec Chocolate Bitters. Mm, and then, of yum. course, girl, we added a Luxardo cherry because I'm independently wealthy and can afford $20 cherries. Must JK. Be nice. I'm not independently wealthy, but Luxardo cherries are delicious and they're ideal for a cocktail. For those um, viewers that do support us, I need to let you know that your support is not going to Paul's cherry habit. Just rest assured, your support is not buying him cherries. No, my credit card debt is. <laughs> um, booyah. But, so, lo and behold, I am drinking the Queen's Manhattan, which is two parts rye whiskey, one part uh, terrasum aperitivo, and two dashes of Aztec chocolate bitters with a Luxardo cherry to round it out. And it is delicious. Excellent. So now I, I'm not going to venture a guess at how to pronounce this correctly, but the distillery in DC, whose aperitivo that you're using, we did hear from them because apparently they listened to last week's episode and they wanted to confirm that their tastings are free. So go and check them out. Paul, please say the name of the distillery. Don, Chicho, and Feely. Thank you. Um, their tastings are free. Go check them out. Yes, they are amazing. And I want to go back. I'm going to go back. I want to go back. I'm going to go back there again. Um, and as I said in episode eight, we did it. Uh, my friends and I did a tasting of 15 of the herbal liqueurs. Uh, and incredible. Um, yeah, just incredible. I have a cart full of their stuff that I am about to press. What do you have in your thing? What do you have in your cart? I'd have to pull it up. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I have, I know I had the limoncello. I know I had the one that's like uh, coffee themed. There's a couple that we talked about that were more on the dark end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like more bitter than I do. That's sweet. That, that one, the coffee one is very sweet. Is it? Okay. Yes. Uh, It is on the, uh, like the lemoncello side of the spectrum. I would not have expected that. That's really no, it, good to know. It, it is. And so is the walnut one. Okay. Like those are all on the sweet side. The terrasum and, uh, you know, some of the other ones that I try are on the bitter side. Okay. The other thing I have here that I sort of had, which is the ambrosia, as I like to say, or ambrosia, if you're not yes. as bitchy as I am. But... I had that last night, which would be great to sort of make a, what's, what, what am I thinking of? The drink that you put shit in and fizz it up and it's delicious and you drink it. Um, spritz. A spritz. spritz. There you yes. Go. I sort of had a spin on a spritz last night where I poured a little in a glass and then I added some soda water. Sort okay. Of spritz. Except minus, I think, an alcoholic ingredient aside from... Um, the aperitivo, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely going to get a little a, a smattering of random things from them because I want to try them. Exactly. And when you come down to the District of Columbia, uh, we will go to Don Chicho and Filii. 
Mm-hmm. We're just going to wander our drunk asses go. through oh all of Ivy God, City. Oh my God, we are Ivy City. Here we come, baby cakes. So Enough excited. about my hot mess express. Let's talk about your itchiness. Oh my God, my arm is killing me. Um, so when we were in P-Town. Thank you for clarifying that it's your arm. Yeah, it is my arm. Um, so when we were in P-Town, as we do every year that we go, I ended up getting more work done. So I have a new addition to my, my tattoo collection. Yes, tattoos, folks. <laughs> yeah. I get work done, a new addition to my house. To like, my, what the no. fuck? When you get work done, it is typically referred to as getting work done. Is it? It could Mm -hmm. be your face. Soon enough, though, I'm going to end up pulling this back and just end up tying the knot in the back of my head. You You look fine. So I did end up getting a whiskey glass tattooed on my left arm with a little bit of thistle, which I will pop on the Insta. But right now it is... It's sitting under a nice sheet of Saniderm, so I can't get to it. And yes, I do heal with Saniderm. I don't deal with having to like wash it and lubricate that shit every few hours because I'm fucking lazy and I don't want to deal with it. Judge me if you want to. I'm going to put a link. I'm going to put a link to Saniderm in the show notes though, because if any of y'all are getting tattoos in the near future and want some easy healing, this stuff is magical. I loved it, by the way. It's fabulous. Nick's going to put on the Insta. Did you use it when you had your tattoo done? No, not that. Oh. I'm talking about your tattoo, girl. Jesus. Oh, I was like, did I convert you to also using Sanoderm? I couldn't remember. No, I used whatever sort of stuff they gave me. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, yeah. my tattoos also, it was above my ankle and it was relatively small, so it wasn't. Oh, true, you were healing a small piece. Yeah, I didn't even wrap the motherfucker. I mean, that's how England rolls, by the way. <laughs> Uh, needless to say, uh, living up to my bougie bitchness that I exude in an extraordinary manner, my first tattoo was done in St. Ives of Cambridgeshire. I have my first no and only tattoo to today, by the way. I, have I will no get another to that. What? I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I think I'm at eleven. To your one. That's a lot. And I forget that they're there. Like, some of them are... I forget the one that I have is there. (laughs) And then you look down and you're like, showering or something, I'm like, oh my god, hey girl. Yep. Yep. The other day I looked down at my forearm and was like, oh yeah, that's there. Like, I have two that are pretty obvious. They're hard to hide. I do. I do want one on my forearm, I think. And and because I'm a nerd, it's a quote. Um, I guess I could say the quote. It's not like a mystery quote, but it's a Shakespeare quote and it's one of my favorites. And it's, we know what we are, but not what we may be. Uh, And I just think it is such a a powerful sentiment of life. Uh, I like that. Yeah. That's Um, the other one I know for, I think I want to do for sure. Um, And now I feel like I need to also get a Whiskey Queens one. We made it to episode nine, uh, so I might as well uh, permeate it on my body. It it was a nice little commemoration without being too on the nose because there's no crowns involved. So I figure maybe if we make it into like a season two or a season three of Whiskey Queens. You'll add a crown. We can add a... a, a, Add a crown. Add a crown, girl. I was going to let you fix Uh, that, but yep. Oh, no. Um, I'm here to call a bitch out at every moment of the day. Yeah, I'm going to add a crown maybe at some point. But yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm popping back to Pinhook for a second because I kind of milked the first like Glencairn glass and a half. 
and then I just poured a little bit more. And it's amazing how much it changes as it sits out. Because like the more volatile stuff evaporates really quickly off the glass when you first pour something. So if you dive right in, it has a little bit more of a burn. Whereas if you let it sit for a minute, some of the less pleasant stuff evaporates off. And it's amazing I'm back to some of the less pleasant stuff because I just poured a fresh glass. Gotcha. But it is tasty, I will say. I, I would definitely recommend the pin hook ride on. 16.3 hands. That could be our new rating system. Hands. Oh my God. <laughs> Two, yes. One. We, yes. Uh, I can't emphasize that enough because it has so many connotations. I, I cannot deal with it and I love every <laughs> facet of it. Two, I just want to check in with you on a couple items because I feel like we have some outstanding items. Now apparently we're going to measure shit in hands. We are. Um, but also our delightful uh, whiskey tasting wheel. I'm not gonna let that slide or forget it because I wanna be able to use it in the future. And also I've heard from some select listeners that they would adore uh, such a thing from us. So I think we should, we should uh, seek to please the fans, but also me because I want it. Okay, I will, I will talk to Mr. Brendan Roddy Art and see if he can maybe make this one of his... Um, Which of his I'm going to sit here and make a plug. Uh, BrendanRoddyArt.com, I believe. I could be mm-hmm. fucking this up. Nick will correct me. Uh, is a fantastic place to purchase some delightful, delightful, ladies and gentlemen, my favorite word, um, What's the word? Pottery? Is that the right word? Pottery, ceramics. Yeah, so my ceramics. That's the correct word. Yes. Uh, Mr. Roddy is a ceramic artist and he is fabulous. And he will be making the whiskey wheel, or at least making an artistic version of the whiskey wheel. Speaking of which, let's bring this mofo full circle. Hit me. And back to P Town. Because. P-Town is where you were this weekend, enjoying a delightful weekend away with your husband. Mm -hmm. P-Town is also the place that I flew to to watch you get married to said husband. It is. We've been to P-Town a lot. I've been to P-Town three times in my life. And each of those times was with you. And Brendan, actually. Two of which were related to me getting engaged or married. (laughs) Oh, fuck, that's correct. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So the majority of your P-Town trips have been about me. It has. It has. And the most amazing thing that I think our listeners should know is that my first inaugural trip to P-Town, which I had not been to, which P-Town, for those of you uh, who haven't been, and particularly for those of you who are part of the LGBTQ community and haven't been, is a truly magical place. Mm-hmm. It's on the tip of Cape Cod. It sort of has that whole Cape, like Cape Cod feel to it, but it's super gay and artistic. And there's just uh, an electricity of magic in the air there that I've not experienced anywhere else. Um, and I've been plenty of places. I mean, I've, I've experienced different electricities and, and magicness in other places, but there's something unique about P-Town to me. And my first trip there 
was uh, with a group of folks and Nick and Brendan happened to get engaged, which was also a fantastic and heartfelt and truly magical moment after we schlepped our asses up and down uh, the tower. What's it called? The Oh, the Pilgrim Monument. Yeah, the, the erect phallus that's part of P-Town. Mm-hmm. Um, but the also amazing thing there when we were there at the time was that was also the week that the Supreme Court ruled uh, on Obergefell, I believe, is it was the course name where the the course, oh, sweet mother of Mary, was the court's ruling, was the court case mm-hmm. uh, in which they legalized gay marriage. It so was. It that was, ruling came down the day before we got engaged. Yes, which is sort of even more, mem- not more memorable than your engagement, but I think helps to make your, I imagine your your engagement that much more significant. Oh, without having to be like gross or trite about it, we got like commemorative t-shirts because the local, you remember Hook in Provincetown? I think you owned one of the t-shirts. So they, because the court ruling was in Oh, freedom to marry, yes. Freedom to marry. So they printed these amazing t-shirts and they were holding on to them, holding on to them, waiting for the ruling to come down. So when the ruling came down, we got engaged the next day. There was like these amazing, like, these amazing t-shirts printed that basically had everything to do with marriage equality and also was a really fun little like takeaway from the fact that we got engaged aside from the fact that I have a beautiful engagement ring that my my very artistic husband made for me oh yes he's multifaceted which is why I do believe he will be able to pull off making us our own version of a whiskey wheel because he's also I hope so so the other thing that a delightful listener said and I'm going to send this to you um uh, who this delightful listener is also my coworker and an avid fan of our podcast, uh, really thinks that we should have a, one day a t-shirt made with me dancing as part of a pregame. <laughs> and I'm gonna have, I, yes, I'm going to have to show, I'm going to send you the uh, picture that he screen captured that he thinks would be perfect for a t-shirt. And you're going to fucking laugh your ass I can't off. Wait. But uh, I was like, all right, well, one day let us be famous enough where my fucking mug is on a t-shirt about whiskey queens and talking about whiskey to the world. Um, If listeners will buy merch, I will design merch. They want canvas tote bags with your drunk dancing ass on it. I will make canvas tote bags with your drunk dancing ass on it. Well. 110%. I'm here for it. If the people want it, what can I do, really? We just, we must give it to Um, them. We must give it to them. Yeah, there's something really cool about P-Town. Um, it's one of the few places, and I wrote a blog post about this a couple of years ago, about vacationing in a safe place. There's just is this, this- Is this your, let's plug your blog. Uh, which has taken like such a backseat in the last couple of Girl. years, like projects past. But DC's it, third favorite otter is on and off again every other year. So yeah. in the bug wayfaring in whiskey. Is that what it's a blog post? Uh, so I ended up migrating it, but yeah, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, so I have, I actually like combined the blog and all the photography into one site to make it more manageable, but I'll, I'll link the post. It's a couple of years old, but it just talks about the concept of being part of the LGBTQ community and having a place to vacation where you don't necessarily need to think about the things you would typically have to think about if you were vacationing somewhere else and yes. how that in and of itself is a vacation. You don't need to worry about who you're around, how you're acting, how much you're queening out, how much you're coming off. It, 
it's a really nice place to just be yourself and let your guard down and not put extra energy into managing the perceptions of, around you. It's, yes. it's a vacation from everyday life as a, a gay male. But it was lovely. It was I think, crowded as fuck. I think it was lovely. Oh, really? Oh. Uh, but I think yeah. that is one of the true, and reason why when I went there, I felt like it was this synergy of magic is because it is one of those few places where you, you there's no wall that's needed. And you know what's so fascinating, Nicholas, about sort of, Fascinating and scary about the times we live in, right? Fascinating in the way that it's 2020 and things have changed so drastically from when we were younger and when we came out and when we even, when you and I even went on our rando OkCupid date and became good friends, right? Where now marriage equality is legal and like all this stuff is happening around the, the country it's unfathomable to me, right? When I, and I tell this story to some people uh, just to give perspective and is that when I was a freshman in college and you were, right? Mm -hmm. A freshman in college as well is when the Supreme Court ruled on Lawrence versus Texas Mm -hmm. where they struck down anti-sodomy laws for the first time, right? So uh, until I was a freshman in college, it was technically illegal in this country for me to have sex, yep, right? Uh, and that is unfathomable, I think, to some people. And so when we talk about the magic of P-Town and being able to let your guard down, it's because we've grown up in a lot of ways. Uh, and I hope that this isn't as influenced with the younger generation, but grow up in a lot of ways in a society that still had a largely you know, negative view of being gay, of homosexuality, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm hopeful and I'm excited, right? Because I do a lot of work here in DC with uh, SMILE, which stands for Supporting and Mentoring Young Advocates and Leaders, which is an LGBT youth organization here in the district that actually has been around as long as we've been alive, um, which is incredible to me, sort of advocating for LGBT youth and coming out and being supportive and providing networks for them. This all sort of circles back to, as I sit on my soapbox, as I often do when I pregame, about a delightful book that I have started reading at a coffee table book that my dear uh, Aunt Linda bought me, which is called A Little Gay History, Desire and Diversity Across the World. It's a delightful little coffee table book that I have that I've been working my way through and I started this weekend. And sort of just- it is a little book and it just sort of talks about the different aberrations of sort of gay homosexual depictions throughout history, right? Dating back to, you know, the, the, the first sort of story they talk about, my gosh, uh, as I sort of flip to it so I don't fuck it up, is, you know, 3000 BC essentially right? Like homosexuality has been part of history for a long time in some form or fashion. Um, And so it's just interesting to me that it's a battle that's still being waged today. Mm -hmm. The the first entry they have is from around 9,000 BC. Oh, wow. Just to put that in perspective for people. So if you are a listener 
out there, which God forbid if you're a listener out there who doesn't support the LGBT community and listen to this uh, gay ass podcast. Wrong podcast. Yeah, wrong podcast for you. Uh, you should be an advocate. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to end it there. And I will say, there's always one because as we walk town and we, we put our miles on because we were trying to not be in too many enclosed spaces and just enjoy being outside and being back in a familiar fun place. There was but one Trump hat walking up and down commercial street all weekend long. Mm-hmm. Read the room, bitch. But just the one, but just the one. It's just such an awesome accepting place. You can come as you are in any way, shape or form that you can possibly think of. Including and wearing a Trump hat, apparently. Including wearing a Trump so, hat. And no one's gonna give you shit for showing exactly. up as you are. That's what's is, amazing about it. Exactly, that is the magic of P-Town. We covered a shit ton of stuff. We did, I probably went a little long-winded as I usually do when I pregame. That's okay, I drank so much that I'm actually starting to taste the toffee in the pinhook now, mm-hmm. which probably means that I've had too much and I'm making it up. Well, that's nothing wrong with that. This has been good. So we talked about Pinhook. We talked about P-Town. Um, we also talked about what's on your coffee table. I think we covered enough this week. I think we have as well. I have no idea what I'm drinking next week. Girl, me right. either. Okay, tune in. Check out Instagram. Uh, take a look at my new tattoo and take a look at Paul's new recipe. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys later. And the good. recipe was delicious. Excellent. For the record. Yes. It's been good. It's been great. Bye, everyone. Bye.